men and women. Welcome to the fifth episode of Room 2250. I'm your host, Aiden Nadim, along with my co-host, Christopher McCarricker. So, uh, Chris, you know, usually when we uh, start this episode, we we tell uh, our uh, listeners that uh, our guest is very special. Yeah. But we've said this every single time, so what that actually means is that none of our guests previously were special. <laughs> so this time, this <laughs> but time. But this time. Today we have an extraordinary guest. Yes. Because not only are they not from UFT, yes. but they are the University program Programs Specialist at Google, Kaylee McDonough. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No. Uh, how are you today, Caitlin? Doing well. Just came off the gardener, so just spiffy. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's early in the morning when we're taking this uh, this podcast right now, so I think everyone's a little bit a little bit tired. No, no, not enough coffee. No, I uh, I used to in second year, I used to drive in from Hamilton. Mm, yeah. To uh, to school, so taking the gardener is just such a nightmare. It's always a joy, isn't it? Yeah. Back then, it wasn't even completed. Yeah. So you would always be stuck in that, like, two lanes coming in, and yeah. now they're, like, three lanes for some of it, but it's still mostly two lanes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is such a horrible... And you always have to budget at least two hours, but oh, yeah. I made it, and I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how are you? I'm doing all right. Feeling a little bit under the weather, but uh, I'm looking forward to going to sleep after this uh, podcast episode, <laughs> good actually. Good plan. How are your midterms? They went pretty good. I just finished them uh, a couple of days ago. Man, that was that was a stressful week. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been trying to for my last year to like put extra work into into my schooling, um, which is nice. But I like sleeping, so it's not <laughs> it's not as nice as it could be. Okay, all right. Uh, so we're just gonna go into uh, housekeeping. So there's two things. Okay. One is on 31st of October, we have our Halloween night event. Right. Nice. Along with our annual general. Some general meeting for the CSSC. Yeah, and they're they're happening at the same time. Same time. So we'll probably do that. We'll doing we're doing the meeting first. So general general meeting is going to be in costume, in costumes, and then after that we'll be carrying on with the event. Yeah, uh, I don't think we have a cho- we still haven't chosen a movie yet. I was yeah I was thinking about that. That's uh it's fast approaching. It's fast approaching. We better choose a movie. So ho- hopefully by the time this episode's out, we'll have a movie for Halloween night. If not, uh, we're watching Blade Runner. Blade, yeah, <laughs> Bayer Halloween movie. Um, and then the second thing was uh, so some of you might have heard that. The CSSU might not be able to carry Soylent because Soylent wants to stop shipping to the United to Canada. Yeah, still, still shipping in the United States. Still shipping the shipping in the U.S., but uh, they just didn't meet the criteria for something, and for now it's going to be on hold. Yeah, it, it'll probably come back eventually. Yeah. Um, we still have uh, some in stock, but we won't raise prices on them. Yeah. <laughs> Price gouge them. No. Uh, so that's this two piece of breaking news. So I think break. Housekeeping break, event. It's too early in the morning. I feel well the soil thing. I feel like for a lot of for a lot of CS people's breaking news. Like oh no, <laughs> can't get my like meal supplement. But <laughs> for the morning, oh man. Anyways, so going to news. So first bit of news comes from the varsity. So uh, students with mental health issues uh, may be subjugated to mandatory leave. Really? What? Uh, yeah. So this is brand new. This is, like proposed very. This was proposed a while ago, but this is being talked about publicly now. So the policy is to, uh, if students who are currently uh, suffering from mental illness and have displayed significant impairments to in their academic performance or aggressive behavior towards themselves or others, will be suspended. Is this for like for for their sake too? Then because uh, this, I mean, this, this like I this could be, I feel like seen as a very negative thing. I mean, it's I think it is for their sake, but I don't know if it's going to help them. Yeah, it might, might, might make things worse. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know what the reasoning is. I, I mean, I hope 
they're professionals making these kinds of decisions. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds a little bit, you know, not, not too nice I, in, yeah, in some ways. I'm just like, uh, it's, I don't know if this is going to help with the problem. I, like, yeah. Obviously, they've, tar- they've seen the problem, but they're like, I don't think this is the solution to what you're looking for. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, a little hot fast. A little hot. <laughs> that's what I think. Isn't that all of UTSU? Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's it from the varsity. So the next bit of uh, news is uh, from Twitter. So Twitter has promised more ad transparency, and what this means is that when uh, people who people who are funding ads, yeah, they will be made clear how much they funded and who they are. Oh, that's that's good. I like that. Yeah, so it's uh, especially for those uh, who are being pushing like a political agenda. Yeah, I feel like for the past past you know twelve months or so, a lot of people have been looking about how ads are are funded. And, uh, and, and and whatnot have been like the the views of it have been changed significantly. Yeah. So that's good to see though. Yeah, at least at least from Twitter from now. Yeah. But uh, hope to see what others others do. I mean, I think um, I think most of most of the the tech giants have been kind of focusing on on improving their ad transparency. Like I remember, I remember Facebook too was was really under under fire a while ago for it. Yeah. And I think they've they've done a lot of uh, a lot of like good. To improve it, didn't Facebook have that like automation news detection that kind of just yeah, fake news the, all over the place? Well, that was yeah, that was an issue, and I mean they've improved it since. Obviously. Yeah, no, I remember that as well. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, second bit of news is that uh, Tesla uh, solar powers have arrived in Puerto Rico. That's really cool. So it's like I guess the one promise Elon Musk has actually followed through on. Uh, <laughs> just give just give him thirty years, all right? <laughs> just give him thirty years. No, I, I I don't know if I told you, but I pre-ordered the Model Three last right. year, and now it's probably gonna be delayed till twenty twenty. There's no way I'm waiting four years for a car. For a car, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like Elon, you promised me. Elon breaks hearts. What he does? It's it's a bad boy. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> Chad. <laughs> so, um, in New Zealand news, so tell me if this sounds. Familiar. Okay. New Zealand has banned foreign home buyers, and this is for this is because their prices were uh, house prices were going really high, so people couldn't afford it. Yeah. In New Zealand, so now they've made it that you have to be a resident or a citizen to buy a house. Really? Yeah. So some. So what would happen if uh, if someone like you know well, wants to wants to go to New Zealand and live there would they be would they have to wait till residency to, to get you, a house you can you can rent a house right you can't buy a you can't buy property okay okay which is a uh, sounds something Vancouver tried doing. it sounds yeah it sounds familiar uh not I don't know how well it's gonna work out I don't I feel, know, like, I, I feel like that could have disastrous consequences depending on I don't know like uh that could be bad for the market could be good for the market I mean, it'll slow down the market. Yeah, it'll definitely slow down the market. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I never saw somebody like completely ban out. No, we don't yeah, want that money anymore. That I don't think like Vancouver didn't do that. No, no, no. Toronto, just, Toronto hasn't done that. Vancouver. They have foreign buyers tax. Yeah, which is uh, all did, they did, have. did they ever tax or did it just go straight to banning? No, it just went straight to banning. All right, that's pretty. That's a very extreme thing to just go right into. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Never seen a government do it's something like definitely that. interesting. Yeah. So last bit of news is uh, comes from France. So there was this uh, French game show host with this entrepreneur who came up and said, I have $1,000 in Bitcoin that's behind this QR code. Okay. But they blurred out the QR code. Except they didn't blur out all of it. 
So okay. these two guys who were just sitting down watching the news saw a bit of the QR code. They're like, can we actually like run an algorithm that will predict the entire or... thing? Yeah. And they can take the thousand thousand dollars. It was seven hundred and twenty sixty pounds. That's amazing. So and they were able to do it. It took them twelve to sixteen hours. And uh That's a good pay for just something you're messing around with on your own. Yeah, no, it was it was so the best part was that the the, the entrepreneur who had this QR code never planned on giving it out. Yeah. And so that's how they found out. They're like, man, somebody actually took it. So, but they never, they like, that's not, they never I mean, planned. like, okay, story aside, 700 bucks is not, not saying much for an entrepreneur, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, I'm, I'm giving yeah. back to the community $700 <laughs> of all my riches. No, it's, uh, maybe it's, maybe in France it's a lot. It's, I'm sure there's a couple of rich people in France. I feel like, <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I, I, but nonetheless, it was pretty cool. Uh, they actually came out and talked about who they were. Like, uh, like the news article mentions their name as well. Were they like software people or uh, just people just writing down numbers and typing in the computer? I don't know. I feel like they were just sitting down there, <laughs> and they're like, "It's like Mike, one, Michael Sasano and Clement Storok." I probably butchered their names, but yeah, that th- those were the guys. But yeah, that's. It's all for the news. Okay. So now, Caitlin, you know, you've been quiet, but now it's all, it's all about you. Yeah. Fantastic. So I actually forgot to talk about this. You're a university program specialist, and both me and Chris were wondering, what does that mean? That's a great question. So university programs at Google is sort of the first engagement step in the process of getting students connected to Google. So my job, I think I'm biased, I think it's one of the best jobs at Google is getting to come to campus and meet students like you. Um, so later today, we're hosting two different events, actually, this afternoon and this evening. Um, and as part of our engagement, we bring our campus partners, our Google engineers, who are often U of T alumni, today they both are, um, back to campus to run events and engagement opportunities and um, developmental programs for students. So everything from technical interview prep, because as you know, that's a very popular and, yeah. and often necessary um, skill to learn. And, and we love to support students in building that skill all the way through to Tech Talks about the really cool project areas and, and products that our teams are working on um, to really share a lot more about our culture with students and help students understand what opportunities are available both in the internship space and in the university graduate space. If you're looking at graduating, um, we have lots to share about You know what kinds of roles are available. So we're here, I, my role is essentially to be here as a resource for students. Um, so any questions they have, application related, role related, um, I can kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on uh, what's happening at Google and help them um, hopefully find an opportunity that fits with their with their um, goals and op- and skills. Cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, that's that's exactly why you're an extraordinary guest and not an ordinary special. Yeah. <laughs> that's the <a>, the student <laughs> or just a professor. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, you guys are an extraordinary podcast. So oh, thank I'm you. I'm happy you. to be a guest on it. I think we're the best uh, CS podcast in U of T. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, <laughs> so the first question is, um, this is a good, we'll start off like a bit slow, but you know, what is it like working for Google? Yes. Wow. So I think that's a, an awesome question. It can be answered by every Googler in a different way. Um, but from my perspective, um, imagine imagine working with some of the smartest people in the world on the coolest projects um, that have the most impact and, and having free food in between. That's, that's, <laughs> that's basically working at Google in a nutshell. Really wonderful food that helps you, you know, stay energized and do your best work. 
So I think, I mean, all, all jokes aside, um, the perks are there for a reason. We have really wonderful benefits for, for Googlers, and I've, I've been really fortunate to take advantage of that. I think since I started about a year and a half ago, I haven't grocery shopped really oh, that much. Amazing. I've oh uh, enjoyed the really wonderful, healthy food. Food is a huge part of our culture. Um, it's a really, you know, a core piece of what makes Google special. Um, and like I said, it, it's there for a reason. Googlers um, are hard at work, and they're working on some of the biggest, most complex real-world problems. So to have the, you know, to not have to think about what you're going to have for lunch or for dinner, and to eat the food that is really healthy and, and keeps your brain sharp, and you're able to do your best work is is really important. Um, so I see that, you know, that benefit as something that's um, that's really wonderful. Um, and I and I think beyond that, we, you know, you you end up taking advantage of a lot of other really wonderful things as part of, of Google. Um, perks included, family benefits, um, you know, opportunities for parents, for, for students who are going back to school, um, all the way through to a culture, I think, that really speaks to transparency. So you, you mentioned in the news there um, a little bit about transparency of you know, ads and, and the big tech giants really moving more towards that kind of openness and transparency. And, and that's something that um, is very core to Google's beliefs having that, that culture that values everybody's voice um, as a Googler. So myself included, I've, I've felt from day one that I had a voice at the table as part of my team. Um, and every Googler has that experience when they start on a team. We want everyone to feel like they have a meaningful impact um, within their team. So you can express your opinions, your thoughts, your ideas um, in the way that you work with your, with your team. And I think that's a really wonderful and important thing. Um, I think that happens day to day. 360, you know, Googler manager feedback happens on a regular basis, all the way through to um, we host an, an annual um, company-wide survey. It's called Google Geist, um, and everyone gets to anonymously um, input their feedback um, about you know what it what it is like working at Google, what their experience has been, and I think having that kind of forum for very open communication um, is very important. It allows everyone to really feel like their voice has an impact, um, and, and, and it does. We look at those results from, uh, from the Google, Google Geist survey, and we implement change based on what Googlers have told us, and I think that's a, a really important piece of the equation, is to always be improving and always be evolving. So I've seen that um, very, very um, acutely, that, that evolution and that listening to our Googlers is a really important piece uh, of the culture. And so I think that, for me, is probably one of the biggest things that makes Google so special. You know, to add on to this, I've, I've heard at Google, um, they always give time for people to work on their own projects too for Google. Like, yeah. I think I heard Google Maps actually was like a side project that someone just wanted to do for fun. Whoa, no, are you serious? Yeah. That's right, that's called um, the 20% project. Right. So the, the idea is, for those that, that haven't heard of this, um, you can work 100% of your time on your core role at Google. That's completely wonderful, and many do. Um, but what you can also do is if you have that sort of side project passion or an idea that has sparked your interest that is related to what we do at Google but could be unrelated to your, your actual product area and the, and the work that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, you can take 20% of your work time to work on that. Um, so really cool, innovative ideas come out of that because you're given that space and that comfortable time to work on something that you are interested in. So you're right, really um, you know, neat things have come from that. Um, in addition to Maps, Gmail was actually a 20% project. So we had a couple of Google engineers who sat down over lunch at one of our micro kitchens and had a chat, and Gmail came out of that chat, which is really cool. Um, Makani, which is now another Alphabet company, was also one of those 20% um, projects originally. So really neat, innovative ideas evolve from those kinds of collaborative um, ideas and expressions. So that, again, kind of speaks to the 
the whole culture of transparency and allowing our Googlers, like you said, to think outside the box and to think for themselves and come up with really new and innovative ideas. Because we, we're only you know, as good as the sum of our parts, and, and those parts are the people that work for us. I mean, really brilliant, amazing ideas come yeah. from them. That's, I'm actually kind of blown away. Yeah. I mean, especially by the Google, like Gmail is actually bigger in my opinion than Maps. Because it was like yeah, I, I, I use Gmail literally, literally every day, like multiple times every day. Yeah, I uh, I used to use Hotmail, and Jesus, what yeah. a mess that became. Uh, so <laughs> I'm so glad I moved to uh, to Gmail. Uh, if anybody hasn't done so, you should. And I'm not just saying that, and I'm telling you why, because I got locked out of my Hotmail account, Hotmail, yeah. and the reason was literally because reason they just locked me out. They're like, you have to enter your old like, tell me what your last five like emails where I'm like I don't, I don't know, know what yeah. my last five emails were and then and then if you to submit like the application it ha it's reviewed by a computer not by a person by a computer, by yeah. computer so you're just never going to get it back and I'm like it's horrible I'm just saying to you on a resume between Hotmail and Gmail Gmail looks a lot better on a resume yeah that's what I've heard from people as uh, well I'm looking at you UFT <laughs> stop using Outlook um, oh my god there's a point I want to Oh yeah, you guys. Mm -hmm. So you guys call you like yourselves Googlers. Googlers, yeah, exactly. I know it's a pretty cool, cool term to go by. Um, we have different, yeah, different terms for different sort of stages or folks in the Google, um, you know, world. So if you, um, if you're pregnant, you have a baby, you would have a new glut is often what they're called. <laughs> um, if you uh, are part of one of our employee resource groups, which I can. So background on those, um, everyone at Google has lots of different interest areas um, and is a part of different, um, you, know, uh, you know, hobbies or pastimes or groups that they identify with. Um, so for those groups, we, we have created employee resource groups where folks who are like-minded can get together and, um, and connect on those areas. So for one, for example, um, is for some folks who are, are older, we call them Greglers. <laughs> Or for folks from the LGBTQT community, we have gagglers. Um, so there's lots of different sort of um, plays on the Googler phrase that have evolved out of it over the years. Pretty good, yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's a neat moniker to go by. So so what do you call like Google users then? Which I traditionally call those Googlers myself. True, true. So that's I mean that I think comes from the external side. We we typically refer to anyone using a Google product as our users. Right. Um, so so that I mean users are first and foremost in everything we're we're working on and, and talking about and, and thinking about at Google. So everything is built with the from the point of view of the user right. with the user in mind. So unfortunately we don't have a fancy word for them. They're they are our users. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's like calling yourself a Googler sounds a lot better than I'm a Yahooer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yahooer. That's pretty yeah. um, So just to follow up on that question. So, you know, that was like uh, you, you talked a lot about, you know, what you know, was your personal experience like. So what, what is it like for maybe interns who are working at Google? Is it kind of the same pattern? Yeah. So I think um, one of the really cool things that I've, I've witnessed with interns who've, who've come into Google. Um, and I think it, you know, it's something that, that even as a, a Noogler, that's the other play on the, on the term, when you are new to Google, you are a Noogler. So I was, I'm not sure what the statute of limitations on the Noogler uh, moniker is, because I think I've moved out of it after maybe a year or so, you, you become a Googler. Um, but I digress, yes. When, you, when you're an intern, you, you come in, when you join a team at Google, you're a big part of something small. 
Um, so the idea there is, you know, we are a big company and we have thousands of employees across the globe, but we also have very intentionally small teams. So as an intern, you are um, you're paired up in your project match to one of those teams, dependent on your you know skill sets, your experience, your background, um, what your interest areas are, and we have an entire process that matches you to a team that you're not only going to add value to, but that you're really going to enjoy being a part of. And within that team, there's a ton of really close collaboration and connection. And I think it's what's really cool for uh, from an intern's perspective is you're going to come into an opportunity that's very team oriented. Um, so if you ask. I think any intern, um, we've had some really wonderful focus group conversations with some of our interns, and we asked them, you know, what's your most memorable thing or favorite thing about being an intern at Google? And they, they sort of unanimously agree it's the people that they work with on their team. Um, and I mean, like I said, you're working with some of the smartest people that, you know, you, you will hopefully, you know, work with throughout your career. Um, and by doing that, you learn a lot from them. So that collaboration and that team culture um, breeds innovation, and I think it breeds development for interns too. So you end up leaving that four-month internship experience with a lot of skill building um, under your belt, not only from a technical perspective, but from a professional development perspective too, communication, um, you know, networking, one-on-one -on -one conversations with your manager, learning those kinds of really important um, soft skills, um, you might call them, is, is I think a core part of what interns experience at Google because of that really collaborative team-oriented environment. Um, and I think, you know, what, what's neat is you're not only working with teams within your office, as you know, Google has, you know, sites across the globe, um, and many of our product teams are, are, you know, located in different offices. So as an intern, you have an opportunity to not only possibly intern in a different location for four months, which is always great. I always say that's something you can kind of treat as a, you know, four-month study abroad opportunity if you get the chance to, to go to Mountain View or to, you know, to one of our, our distributed offices. But you're also collaborating with people across Google. So we have lots of internal tools that we use, um, Google Hangouts chat, I'm, I'm on it every day, Gmail. Um, you know, docs and sheets, um, those are all built to be collaborative. So you see everybody in there together and, and sharing that conversation, adding comments, adding ideas. And I think um, that type of, you know, common space that is, you know, not only in the physical world, but also in the, you know, the online world and the, the tools we use allows you as an intern to really get a feel for the entire culture at Google beyond just your team, um, but, you know, outside of that too. And I think that's what's very unique um, at Google is, is you get that really, you know, impactful team-oriented experience and also a taste of the entire Google culture at the same time. That's very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Chris, you ready to sign up for Google? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think what's, what, what is unique, um, I was uh, listening to your last episode and I think you touched on the fact that, you know, teams in larger companies, and I think Google included, um, are all very different. So it yeah. always depends on the team that you are a part of. You could have a very different experience on you know, one product team versus another. Um, but I think that's also really special because you, know, you end up having something very personal to you from an experience perspective. Um, and, and it allows you to not only you know, have an internship where you learn and develop as part of, let's say, you know, the Chrome team, but you could come back and you know, have a returning internship on an entirely different team. Right. And once you, you know, you're in and you start as an intern, you have that um, you know, perspective and you're able to kind of look at other teams around you and say, hey, that's one that I'd love to work on and, and maybe lobby for that next time. So that sort of internal ability to, to get that um, scope of, of where you could go is a really cool thing too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was solid. Uh, going to question number two. Yes. So this is probably like the more bigger this, one. This is probably the one I think I think most people, most students want to want to probably know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you look for 
in interns? Yes, great question. It's probably, like you said, one of the questions I'm asked the most on campus. Um, and I think there is no you know, one-size-fits-all answer. Um, from the very begin beginning, uh, we've been driven by sort of uh, you know, uh, a search for insati insatiably curious people. So we're looking for folks who have, um, you know, the desire to ask really great questions and are, you know, are not satisfied with the status quo, who are looking for um, ideas and, and answers that lead to different solutions and, and new innovations. So great answers aren't typically found by people who are kind of going to sit back and, and, you know, work with, with what exists. Right. We're looking for um, interns who think outside the box too. So um, one term we often use is um, 10x. So ver rather than taking a problem and improving upon it, maybe you know 10%, we're going to improve upon that 10 times. So we're we're thinking 10x all the time. Um, and I think that kind of curiosity um, as a student is something that you have as part of your academic career. I mean, the courses you're taking, the you know the the work that you're doing is breeding that kind of thinking, and we're here to kind of extend that and support that as part of an internship. So any way that an intern can and a student can really show on an application, and I think that is sort of the forum for how to really talk about yourself um, and, and for us to get to know you, your resume is your first interaction with Google, um, is to, to talk about the, pro the projects that you've worked on that really demonstrate that kind of curiosity and that problem solving. So projects in the sense of you know, coursework that you're doing, um, part of groups, um, maybe individual projects that you're working on as part of your courses, or side projects too. Um, if, you, you know, if you've spun up a website or if you're working on uh, your own API or you did something really cool as, with the team as part of UT Hacks last year, something to that effect, um, those are all really great ways to demonstrate the kind of you know, analytical thinking and problem solving that you have, have tackled um, and that you're interested in, in really pursuing. Um, and I think what's you know, drilled, drilling down a little bit more from that, what is important is um, talking about your technical proficiencies within the context of that. So we're really looking for folks who have proficiency in a couple of technical languages. Multiple is always better. Um, but from a Google perspective, most of our, our product teams um, work on three core languages. So we're looking at Java, Python, and C++, and, and C in there as well. So any experience that students have with those technical languages and proficiency with them, it's really great to include that on your resume and to talk about it not just from a you know, list off here are my, my technical languages and, and my skills in order of proficiency, that's great to include on your application, but to really tell us where and how you've used them um, and you know, what you've done to, to really demonstrate your, your level of understanding with data structures and algorithms um, and experience you know, writing code fixes, implementing um, you know, solutions to complex problems, those types of things that, that actually demonstrate your applicable contributions to your products, projects with your technical skills is a really important way uh, for us to see you know, what sets you apart and what, what could make you a really wonderful Google intern. So generally speaking, like, like a, the stress of the applications more, more on your projects and your actual technical ability. Yeah, I think it. I think it. Um, you know, it's it's multifold. So I think we, we first and foremost we look at your education. So the fact that you are U of T students is a tremendous thing. We have folks who are, are looking at that, looking for that. We understand the caliber of the courses that you take here at U of T and the reputation of the university. So I always say to U of T folks, you know, first and foremost, put your education at the top of your resume. Um, that's really, really important. Um, leverage that. Um, include your you know, degree program, your you know, expected graduation date, so we know, you know what roles you would um, fit in the near term and maybe even in the longer term. Um, and with, so education first and foremost, 
beyond that, I think work experience, so other relevant internships um, you know, that, you've, that you've had where you've been able to really apply your theoretical knowledge to the real world, um, that's really important um, to include. So you know, typically that can fall within you know, a work or internship related experience or it could be project experience too. So we see sort of a, you know, a merge between the two sometimes. If, if you have a lot of work experience, that can kind of be its own um, section on your application. Or if it's more project experience that you've worked on, it can be, it can, uh, that can be what you, know, you, you describe as well. But I think the core takeaway from both of those pieces is the application of your skills and, and, where, and really talking about where you've applied your technical abilities um, in very you know, real world scenarios. Um, so I think that is sort of the meat and potatoes of the application it, for sure um, from a technical perspective. But I think the, uh, and I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but I think one of the other follow-up questions that I often get after you know, what does Google look for um, in an intern is, okay, how can I stand out? How can I um, you know, build an application? I know, <laughs> you surfed you. Um, and I think that is a very, you know, that's a tricky question to ask because everyone is unique and everyone has a very different set of experiences and skills. Um, but I think what we're ultimately looking for on your, on your you know, application and, and within your interest um, in Google is we're looking for folks with a passion and a long-term commitment um, to computer science. So um, when you're able to demonstrate that in your work experience and your project experience, but also you know, we're equally as interested in what you're doing outside of the classroom and outside of your project. So any extracurriculars that you're a part of, groups, clubs on campus. Running a podcast. Um, that's that's right. <laughs> Include that. Those are really great, um, you know, skills and experiences that demonstrate your passion, your commitment um, to your, you know, to your studies and also, um, you know, what you're interested in pursuing. So any, any kind of teamwork or leadership experience, awards, scholarships, um, volunteer work with you know STEM-related students. Um, those kinds of things can be really great indicators um, and help us understand you know what does set you apart. So where you're able to talk about yourself, um, you know, in, in it being as honest and truthful and open about your interest areas as much as you can, that will really kind of that's that's the way that you can kind of stand out um, by telling us you know who you are and let you, let your personality shine through on your resume too. We we yeah. have folks who read every single one, so we we, we see that 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 comes through in an application, um, no doubt. So be as you know as inclusive as you can on the, on your application. You know, to to add on to this. Um, a lot of like a big concern many students have is uh, is GPA. Mm -hmm. At least compared to to working on personal projects and, and relevant experience, how important is a good GPA? Yeah, it's a that's a great question. I think um, GPA, um, in terms of how Google looks at it, is is important. Um, it's one piece of the equation. So your your GPA, your your academic average is typically a really good indicator of success academically, and academic success is typically a very good indicator of industry success. So we look at it as you know, a piece of the equation that can be a really helpful gauge on how you, how you would do if you were to come in and, and be successful at Google. Um, that said, it's not the entire picture. So as I mentioned, we're interested in you know, things outside of your coursework. Um, we're looking at extracurricular experience. We're looking at what you're doing. Um, in your you know your own spare time, what projects you've built, those are all very really really important pieces that demonstrate, like I said, your passion and your commitment to you know to your studies and to um, pursuing your your career in computer science. So, while GPA is sort of a piece of that that puzzle, um, we're also really equating all of that experience as just as important. So I think you know 
from a you know one size fits most perspective, there isn't sort of a formula that can e we can say you know it equals this percentage versus this percentage that we're looking at it. Um, we've hired folks who have you know really really tremendous academic GPAs and maybe not as much extracurricular experience. And on the flip side, we've hired folks who have a lot of really applicable hands-on. Um, real-world world experience and maybe not the strongest academics. So I think it shakes out somewhere in the middle, but I think rule of thumb is it's always really great to include your GPA. It helps us understand um, where you're at from an academic perspective. And as part of the application, um, when you're on google.com slash students, you're going to upload your transcript as well. So we will, you know, we'll see the courses that you're taking. And, and as I said, we have folks who understand the caliber of the courses here at U of T and, and what that means. Um, so we're looking at it in the, through the context of that as well. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we should go into question number three. <laughs> uh, so why should people work for Google? So I know like in question number one, you more you answered yeah. like, you know, like what it's like. Yeah. And I know obviously some of the answers would be overlapping, but like when I mean like why should people work for Google, it's like, like what is... What sets it apart? Like yeah. what sets it apart from, you know, like I guess we're going to merge the follow-up question, but like, you know, what sets it apart from the other big tech companies because a lot of these companies more or less you know this culture is obviously you know Google has its unique culture but this culture is kind of well, not maybe duplicated exactly yeah, but not, not, yeah, not necessarily pervasive but um, you know a lot lots of tech companies have, have a good culture um, and they all they all have their, their niche yeah. so so what you know what 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 is what's 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 Google's perspective compared to specifically compared to other industries why use Google yeah, not <laughs> Bing. No, no, I feel like that answers itself but uh, <laughs> No, I think that's um, that's a really important question, and I, I think you know from my perspective, and I think something I've I've really heard echoed from a lot of my colleagues, um, both on the you know university program side and on the engineering side, <clears throat> excuse me, is that at Google you can bring your entire self to work. So what I mean by that is you can be whoever you are in 100% of that capacity at Google, and I think. That, um, you know, from my, my own previous work experience, that wasn't something that was always an opportunity or, or something that I was able to do as part of my professional experience. But it is at Google. And you see folks who come in um, and, you know, they go beyond, it's beyond just the sort of be serious without wearing a suit idea. Of course, you can wear whatever you want to Google, and, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, but we, we really want Googlers to be able to be themselves entirely at work. And I think um, when you create that kind of inclusive environment, which Google has done, it just feels like you know a family. It feels like a, a space where you can get creative. You can think outside the box very comfortably. You're not worried about failing. In fact, you're encouraged to. Um, you know, you're you're able to sort of easily connect with one another because you've sort of you have no walls up. There, you're you're, you're completely yourself, um, and you can celebrate your passions both through your work, um, but also as I mentioned through you know your personal interest area. So things like. Our employee resource groups. Um, so we have, you know, Black Googlers networks, Greglers, Gigglers, um, Hispanic Googler networks. All kinds of opportunities for employees to really connect with one another and feel like they are really, you know, a part of that family within Google. Um, and I think that what that does is, you know, first and foremost, we're 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 always, as I mentioned, focused on building our tools for our users. So in order to um, to build products and solutions that, that meet the needs of all of our users. We're looking for teams of Googlers who are coming from diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, diverse you know, degree programs, sets of perspectives. Um, and I think that, from a hiring perspective, is really core to you know, what we look for, that diversity of experience and perspective, in order to build teams that can think together collaboratively, but differently in a way that's going to you know, 
end up with tools and products that really serve a broad, a broad uh, um, set of our users. But more than that, I think diversity in the workforce, you know, that's one thing, but I think it's, it's also about um, inclusion and that, that retention of our, of our teams. And I think inclusion is, um, is what really sets Google apart. Is, you know, once you have those teams who have been connected and, and, and supported, um, and you create that sense of, of cumulative inclusion within the company, um, that just creates a really wonderful sense of opportunity too for folks. So I think one of the cool things is you know you can join a team at Google um, that you know again you're working with a you're recruiting um, contact to find a team that is really the best fit for you. But over the years we grow as people and, and our interest areas change and you know our skill sets grow too. And so there's a lot of opportunity for internal movement um, to move into different teams into different opportunities within Google. So that again that sort of speaks to the inclusivity of opportunity. Um, so I think that's something that is unique because Google is such a big ecosystem with a lot of different moving pieces and a lot of different um, sets of, of teams and folks and products all coming from those you know diverse backgrounds where you're able to move within that um, I think is something that's really unique and special to Google and I think the fact that that is so encouraged that was something that I was really um, heartened by when I when I realized that yes I'm on a team currently but if I chose to to move to a different um, space or to work on something new um, I could do that and and you can do that in the short term we have things called um, bungees where you can kind of work on a project again sort of similar to that 20% idea for a short period of time and come back to what you were doing after that or you can you know move into an entirely different space altogether um, so I think that's just one component of, of what that culture of inclusion uh, means and, and certainly from my perspective but I think that is something that Google really holds up as as really special and core to who we are and I think differentiates us in a big way um, in the tech space so, so last question mm -hmm. something what you're going to be talking about later on today yeah. is uh, so what opportunities does Google have for first and second years who are looking to build their scale yes I'm glad you asked um, because that is something that, uh, that I wanted to share with students on campus um, and I will be chatting about later this afternoon um, as well but I think one of the you know common themes that I hear is oftentimes earlier students, first and second year students, might not realize that we actually have internship opportunities for for earlier folks. Um, typically, you know, you, you, you of course everybody knows about our software engineering internship, and I think most often you see third and fourth year students, maybe sometimes second year students with really strong experience, um, move into a, a software engineering internship in the traditional sense where you are an intern and you have an intern host and you work through a project over the course of four months and you do really awesome things and learn a lot of cool skills. Um, but the engineering practicum internship program um, is a little bit different, it's unique. It is specifically geared for first and second year students. Um, and we're, we're, what it is is a 12-week developmental opportunity. Um, and so not only are you paired up with another intern, so rather than having, you know, being one intern with one intern host, more is always better. So you're paired up with another intern, typically from a different school. Um, we usually complement um, skill sets with our, our pairings of interns. And um, as a duo, you're going to learn a lot from each other, which is really unique. But you're also paired up with two intern hosts, so two Googlers. Um, that work on the same team and will work on that project with you over the course of your internship. And you again, you're sort of doubling up on the brain power that you'll be able to sort of leverage and learn from. Double uh, That's right. <laughs> 
Um, and not only that, you end up, uh, you also have mentor support. So you, you're paired up with a, another Googler who's your, effectively your mentor. So they're separate and apart from the, the host team that you're going to be working with. So if you have any questions where you're like, gosh, I really can't ask my, my intern manager this question that, you know, it might feel silly, you can go to your mentor. And, you know, they're sort of this impartial, unbiased um, person there to support you and encourage you throughout the course of your internship. So it's a really really supportive program um, and a really intentionally developmental one. So we know that as first and second year students, you're still building your skills. You're taking your intro CS courses. Um, you know, you're, you're developing your proficiency with maybe just one technical language. So we're not expecting students to come into an engineering practicum internship and be experts right away. Um, so I think that's something that, you know, I, I always stress because that intimidation factor is often there to yeah. think that, you know, you have to come in and, and know everything and in order to be successful. That's, that's entirely the opposite with engineering practicum and with our, our internships too. We, we're, we have a lot of resources and tools built around the internship program for students to, you know, to take advantage of, to learn, um, not only within the context of the project that you're working on, but also within the company. So you'll be able to attend you know, tech talks by senior Googlers, um, you know, take internal courses. We have something called Grow Courses um, within Google where you can you know, elect to take a machine learning course or, or work on something that's sort of outside of your own project um, scope while you're at Google, and I think that's a really cool way to, again, sort of build on your skills. So that at the end of those, you know, that 12-week program, you come back to campus and you've just got all of this wonderful, amazing experience under your belt that you can share with your peers and, and you know, apply to your courses and apply to your projects. Um, and so oftentimes it can be hard to, because you can't always necessarily talk about what you worked on. We had, yeah. a, we had a pair in uh, the Google Waterloo office this summer who did it, worked on a really cool project, um, machine learning related but they couldn't share what it was they worked on. So all their friends were like, oh, that's awesome. What did you do at Google? And they're like, we can't tell you. So, I mean, there's some- Kill you if you tell That's right. Kill you if I tell you. That situation at Google now. But the idea is you're working on, you know, you're coming into these teams, as I said, small, very collaborative teams, working on really impactful product projects as first and second year students. Um, and you get a lot of skills-based training as part of that. So I, I think, you know, you're enhancing your coding skills, you're getting exposed to new, you know, perspectives, new ideas, new tools, new programming languages. Um, it's a win-win. I mean, as a, as a student, there's no better experience, I always say, than an internship because it can, you know, it can teach you things that you don't already know and it can also teach you more about yourself. Um, and, you know, you can kind of learn learn backwards sometimes. You know, you might learn what you really enjoy, but you also might learn what you really don't enjoy and yeah. what you kind of want to pursue in a, in a different direction. And I think that's an important thing too from a, you know, especially as computer scientists and software engineers, you're always sort of looking to find that niche and to find that fit. So engineering practicum is a great way to sort of start off on that path um, when you're in first and second year and pursue it and see where it takes you over the course of your academic career. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Uh, just had a follow-up question on that one. Mm -hmm. So this was for first and second years. Yes. What about those who are going to graduate, supposed to say? Yes, yes, yes. So I should say that the engineering practicum program, it is for first and second year students. Um, engineering practicum is also, I mean, as is Google as a whole, but the program itself is really committed to making technology, um, the technology industry more diverse. So it's especially geared towards students from traditionally un underrepresented groups. Um, so we, you know, we kind of especially encourage students who are in first and second year from those underrepresented groups to apply for engineering practicum. And it is open for applications now. So students can apply between now, um, it closes on November 3rd. So Which is so Friday next week. That's like 10 more days everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> so get those applications in. You should have this episode up by Friday. So cool. if not, we mentioned November 3rd. So yeah, yeah. November 3rd. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Um, but uh, in terms of other opportunities, 
Um, if you're looking at graduating soon, yes, we have um, software engineering university graduate opportunity open right now too. So all of these are on google.com slash students. That's kind of you know your one-stop shop. You can find all of the opportunities posted online there. Um, but as a soon-to-be university grad, that's a really that's a sweet spot to be in. That's a great thing. You're you're kind of on that that cusp of jumping into your professional career, and that's very exciting, kind of nerve-wracking too. Um, but we have a lot of opportunities within Google um, in that space. So again, depending on what you've worked on over the course of your you know academic career, what you've included on your application, what really interests you, what those you know experience has been in, um, we we look at that on your application and see if there's a really great fit on one of our product teams. Um, for you and um, that application is open right now it's probably we're, we're always accepting applications on a rolling basis um, so I always say you know if you're planning to graduate in the spring and you think oh you know I might wait until January and apply then apply earlier um, the sooner the better um, because those product uh, projects um, usually fill up quickly so we're because of that rolling basis application um, uh, sequence so when you apply earlier there's more product opportunities and project opportunities available to you. So um, as a university grad, there's never it's never too soon to start thinking about it. Um, but again, that's that's a kind of an exciting thing to look at um, from a you know an application to Google perspective. And I think what's what's really important too is, you know, as a as um, a new grad, you might apply to a couple of different, you know, opportunities, either within Google, within other tech companies. Um, if you, you know, if you follow one of those, amazing. Um, if you don't, we always encourage students to apply again. I think um, that's a really important thing too, both from an internship and a, and a university grad perspective. Um, it shows you know, persistence, it shows perseverance, it shows interest, um, and it shows that passion that I talked about too, that you are really interested in an opportunity with Google. So I mean, the large majority of folks who currently work at Google have applied a number of times, maybe even have interviewed several times before they've you know, moved into an opportunity, and that's a very, very normal thing. Um, so it's one of those things that I like to sort of call out because I think it's important not to get discouraged if, if you don't end up having an opportunity um, your first go around. That, that's, I think that's really important to note down because a lot of people, I think, they just... They give up. They, they say, oh, I, I just can not get in. You know, mm-hmm. I guess it's not for me. Not gonna lie, that's, yeah. that's yeah. me. <laughs> and it's, re- it's reasonable. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even think to, to, to reapply. Yeah. yeah, I think what's... Um, I'm not that's <laughs> I think I think that is sort of one of the common you know misconceptions maybe that it might look bad if I reapplied or it might not you know um, serve me to do that. But what's really cool about the you know the, as a you know someone on the university programs and you know the people operations team is that we we have your application we have your sort of profile on file over the long term. So if you let's say you applied for you know could be an internship could have been a university graduate role and we didn't find that project fit for you at that time. It's not maybe necessarily because your skills, you know, weren't in a place where you could come in and be successful with um, with one of our teams, but it might be that the team fit wasn't there at that point in time. So timing is really everything. So applying again, um, a means that you're kind of opening up your your you know yourself to other opportunities later down the road, which could be a great fit. And it also shows again that sort of perseverance. Um, the cool thing about you know the way that our that our system works is. If you have interviewed with us, let's say, um, and you did, you know, you did really well in a couple of your interviews, and you totally bombed one of them, which again, super, super common. I think like a very high percentage of Googlers have totally tanked at least one of their interviews, and that is okay. We're all human; that happens. Um, but what we will do if you apply again and you didn't have that opportunity the first time is we'll look back on that interview feedback and we'll only pull from the positives. So we'll look at, you know, what did you do really well? What were your proficiencies? Where were your 
you know, points of skill that we thought could apply to opportunities at Google in a great way. And we'll leverage those and we'll use those for your next application too. So we're never looking at um, your past applications as a negative thing. It's always coming from a positive place. Yeah. Chris, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I, I'm pretty satisfied, I think. With the <laughs> yeah. You're going to play Google after this? <laughs> I mean, I have a full-time offer. So, oh, congratulations. Thank that's you. great. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what's really special about you know, the program here at U of T is so strong. Um, you learn a lot. You, you know, you amass a lot of internship experience over the course of, you know, your four or five Way years. Way better than Waterloo's. <laughs> Gosh, I know. <laughs> and I think that sets you up to be really successful, you know, whether, you know, it's with Google or within the tech industry as a whole. I think, um, and again, you have that sort of ability to, to find something that's a great fit for you that yeah. really speaks to your passions and to your interests. Yeah, so. it's a great field to be in, yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a great feeling to have that you know lined yeah, up. So it is. terrific. Yeah, good for you. I, uh, I did have another question actually. All these jobs that we just talked about, yeah. they're all actually in Canada, in in Waterloo. So we have um, we have jobs that are spread across North America. Oh, so okay. some are yes. Yeah, so we when you're applying on it's a great question. When you're applying on Google.com/students, you'll you'll often see the roles are are broken down by location. Um, when you apply to our, let's say you're applying to our Mountain View opportunity as a software engineering intern or new grad, um, you'll see there's you know a little um, disclaimer underneath that application header that says when you're applying for this role, you are considered for you know 18 different locations, and they're going to list them. Within that is is Waterloo, um, which is our largest Canadian engineering site. Um, so yes, you could you know it could be a consideration for a Canadian opportunity. It could be one of our U.S. locations. So um, later down the road, once you've kind of worked through the interview process with us, you'll have a conversation with your recruiter around your location preference um, based on the team fit and where those teams are located. So you can kind of always mention, you know, hey, I'm really interested in staying in Canada or, you know, I'm really you know, excited about going to the U.S. So I think that's something that comes um, into the conversation a little bit later. But you have, you know, it's great to think about that, to think about where you might want to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think... Uh, we're gonna ready to wrap up, I guess. Wrap up, yeah. yeah. All right, so thank you so much yeah, for coming thank on. Thank you both, it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. No, no, not a problem. Uh, so again, uh, just for clarification, uh, the applications for Google, the, sorry, what's it called? This Engineering Practicum Internship. Is due November 3rd. Yeah. I will link the we'll website send, yeah, we'll send and the thing Fantastic. onto uh, both like the- SoundCloud and YouTube. SoundCloud and YouTube. So uh, apply. And uh, we'll see you next time.